Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Making the Call. I am Andrew Robertson. I've got my good friend Trent Dunnick right alongside with me today to bring you guys an awesome episode recapping week two of the NFL. Trent, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Andrew. Got a lot of sleep this afternoon. So there you go. Pretty good. I can't say the same, but luckily I'm locked and loaded and let's go ahead and just dive right into the episode. Uh, we'll start with the Thursday night game. Uh, this was last Thursday. You had the Bengals and the Ravens and Andy Dalton and AJ Green. They led the Bengals past the Ravens. Uh, those that duo was just absolutely outstanding. Andy Dalton was 24 of 42 for 265 yards, four touchdowns. AJ Green had five receptions for 69 yards for three touchdowns. Uh, Joe Flacco on the other side, he was 32 of 55, 376 uh, for his yardage, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Trent, I wanted to ask you, I watched some of this game. I'm not sure how much of it you watched, um, but I watched a little bit. I did not expect the Bengals to be good this year at all. It's an even season. That is true. It is, <laughs> it is an even season, so I guess I should have seen it coming. Uh, but are the now 2-0 Bengals, are they better than we expected going into the season? Um, I always thought that they were going to – I'm pretty sure I thought they were going to be some some kind of competitor in this division because I, I always thought this division was going to be wide open with the – I wouldn't say resurgence of the Cleveland Browns, but they're definitely better than they were last year. So I at least expected it to be more competitive than just Steelers just blowing everybody out, and that hasn't happened. So I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I wouldn't say I expected it either. Yeah, I I mean I'm with you. I thought the I thought this division specifically the AFC North uh, was extremely wide open. You have Pittsburgh, you have Baltimore, you have Cincinnati, uh, and then you have the Browns. And so you know I didn't expect Cleveland to win in the division, and now I seem a little foolish. Whenever we did our predictions way back when and we were predicting the outcomes of every division, I had actually picked uh, the Browns to have a better record than the Bengals by the end of the year, which now I'm kind of regretting making that prediction because I don't think that's going to happen. Nope, um, which, I mean, I do think the Browns are going to win a game this year. I think. Yeah, they'll get one. Yeah, well, I think they'll get at least a couple. Um, they'll definitely be better than they were last year because the two, I mean, they've had a loss and a tie so far uh, in the two games they kind of held in there, but. I didn't expect the Bengals to be as good as they have performed this year. Who knows if they're going to be able to maintain the success throughout the season. Um, it is a pretty good division. They were able to beat the Ravens. They do still have to play Pittsburgh twice a year, which who knows what to think of Pittsburgh. They've been, they've been really, really shaky, which we're going to get into them here in a little bit. But I've definitely been impressed with them. I think that duo of Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, whenever Andy Dalton's on, uh, it's pretty dangerous because he's got that elite receiver in AJ Green, but it's just a matter of if he's gonna, mm-hmm. you know, have that elite performance that he had against Baltimore. Um, so now we're gonna move on to some of the Sunday games. Uh, we're not gonna cover all of them because that would just take way too long. We're just gonna cover the ones that we thought were interesting. Uh, first up, yeah, the Falcons and the Panthers. Falcons, they had a bounce back game against the Panthers after losing uh, the first game of the NFL season to the Eagles. They won thirty one twenty four. Matt Ryan, he threw for two t- two touchdowns, but he also ran for two touchdowns, which is not something that he does very much. Cam Newton, he threw for 335 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Trent, I wanted to ask you, do you think, because I think going into the season, and it might have been just based off of how good this division was last year when you had three out of the four teams make the playoffs, do you think the Falcons are the team to beat in the NFC South? Um, I... Mm. Golly, asking all the hard questions right off the bat. 
I think they are a team to beat in the in the AFC South, but or NFC South. Pardon me. Um, I still think that the Panthers are the best team right now. Okay. Um, but there's obviously the potential that New Orleans resurfaces. Yeah, because um, if you think about it, last year New Orleans had both Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara all year. Mark Ingram suspended what three more weeks, two more weeks. Uh, I believe two more. Okay. I think it was four games. Okay, four games. Yeah, and then it's two more weeks. And when once he comes back, then we'll we'll get a better feel for uh, for what the standings are going to look like at the end of the season. In my own opinion, um, but right now I would say yeah, the Falcons they look good. They look good in week one when they lost, and they look good against the Panthers. I w- I wasn't expecting them to beat the Panthers. So yeah, I wasn't either. I I kind of agree with you. I wouldn't say they're the team to beat because I think this is a very good division. Um, I think the team that has surprised everyone has been Tampa Bay uh, with yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick just coming out of nowhere, which we're going to get into him, get in and talk about him uh, and the Buccaneers here in a little bit. But I think it's a very deep division. I think the Saints, they're not, they didn't come out, you know, they're not playing as well as we thought that they were going to coming out of the season. Um, but I think that, you know, if you go back to last year, the Saints went 0-2 to start the year, then they won their next eight games. So they went they went eight and two within their first ten games after going zero and two. So they can for sure bounce back, and I agree with what you said. Once they get Mark Ingram back, they're gonna have that one two punch that they had last year, where both those running backs went to the Pro Bowl last year because they were just that deadly. And so I think that's gonna be very crucial for them. I think they have some things to figure out on defense. I think their defense has kind of underperformed so far uh, in talking about the Saints. Um, but I do think the Falcons are one of the teams to beat. But I think that division is more wide open than pretty much any division. Uh, in football let's move on you have the titans taking on the texans i'm interested to talk about these houston texans because i'm a little perplexed by them uh the titans beat the texans 20 to 17 without marcus Mariota. uh they had the good old blaine gabbert starting as quarterback uh for the titans and he was 13 for 20 117 yards and a touchdown deshaun watson on the other side he was 22 of 32 310 yards with two touchdowns and a pick then you had the duo um of Hopkins and Fuller on Houston, they each had over 100 receiving yards, and they each had a touchdown. So, Trent, I want to ask, you know, we're getting all these hard questions out right off the bat. So I want to ask you about these Texans. I know you've got Deshaun Watson on your fantasy team. He's someone a lot of people, I'm guessing he's in every single fantasy league. Everyone thinks yeah. he's going to have a big year. Well, yeah, I, I I think last year he was getting kind of lucky with, with the, what did he play, five games or something? He played five or, five, six, yeah. five or six games and was just absolutely lights out. And um, if if you think about it, Dak Prescott, his his I don't want to say fresh rookie season, sorry. There you go. Was the exact same, and he was just lights out, and people were like, okay, well, quarterback of the future, here we go. Um, I still think Deshaun Watson's a really good quarterback. I, I, I think he's okay. It, he reminds me of a lot of Michael Vick when he came out of prison, <laughs> and I know that's a that's a really bad parallel to make. But he, he was so good for, like, the first five, six weeks, and then he just kind of, like, tapered off. Um, I, do, I don't think that he's going to taper off because, I mean, those aren't bad numbers. 310 yeah. yards, two touchdowns. Those aren't bad numbers, but I think defenses are figuring out who this Deshaun Watson guy is, and I think yeah. he's going to be one of those Cam Newton-type players where he's either on or not. So I agree with that. I mean, I think... People were definitely very high on him uh, because of the very small sample size from last year. I do think he is going to be a very good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be able to sustain those numbers. One thing I wanted to speak to 
Um, you mentioned that he was very lucky last year, which I agree, um, especially when you dive into some of these, they call them next-gen stats is what they're calling it these days, kind of beyond the box, sto- box score stats that you might see from an NFL game. And they have a stat line, Trent, where it's called interceptable passes. And so it's not necessarily balls that get intercepted, but it's balls that should have been intercepted that maybe the receiver made an amazing catch on or the defense just dropped it. Um, he actually had, and usually, you know, you, you don't expect every interceptable pass to be intercepted. That's just, that's just not going to happen. But during that five or six game stretch, he was having practically none of his interceptable passes getting picked off. And so that speaks to just how kind of lucky he was during that sample size is that he was throwing some passes that you would expect to get intercepted that none of them were. And so that just goes to show just how lucky he was. Um, I do think he is going to be um, a good quarterback, but now you look at these Texans, they're 0-2. That's, that's, pretty, that's kind of a difficult hole to dig yourself out of. It's not impossible. I definitely could see them making the playoffs, but they're going to have to show something. Uh, they they have to chase Jacksonville, and I think that that's not going to be easy. And I don't think they're I don't think they're going to. Not only do they have to chase Jacksonville, but I mean the Colts aren't as bad as they were last year. They got Andrew yeah. Luck back, and, and they're and decent. They're going to be they're chasing all year, and I I don't think they can do that because they have to. Because uh, even the, I don't think they're a wild card team. I think I they're think so. their only chance is to win the division. I don't think that happens. Which I mean, it is early. We're only two weeks in, so anything can happen. But I think. It is going to be tough for them to to try and climb themselves out of there out of that hole. So let's move on. We're going to go back to the NFC South. You had the Buccaneers. They're now two and zero. They dethroned the defending world champs. They beat the Eagles twenty seven twenty one. Fitz Magic Fitz Magic is still alive and well. He was twenty seven of thirty three, four hundred and two yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Every single TD was to every single touchdown was to a different receiver. And that stat right there is the most impressive stat line. I think so too. He was getting everyone involved. He was spreading the ball out, spreading the ball around, which is very impressive. Talking about the Eagles, Carson Wentz is set to return next week against the Colts, so that's good news for the Eagles fans. Bad news for just about everyone else because I think Carson <laughs> Carson Wentz is a real deal. So he's going to be coming back week three, which, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this trend. I think if the Eagles would have won against Tampa Bay, they would have taken a little bit more time with Carson Wentz. But I think because they lost, they're like, all right, are you are you 90%? Okay, you're going to come back and you're going to be our quarterback. I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think if he wasn't 100%, they wouldn't play him. You don't you, think that? You don't, you don't risk a franchise quarterback if he's not 100%, especially in week three. Now, if it was week, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, and they needed to win three games to make Super Bowl, or make playoffs, absolutely. Okay. But, I mean... Who's chasing them? They're well, one and just, one with everybody. You just think about how tough the NFC is as a whole. Well, that it doesn't matter. Every single in, game is crucial. Yeah, but they're in the weakest division in football. So, mm, yeah. I, mm. Okay, let, let's have this argument. You want to talk about yeah. this? Who? Who? What division is weaker than the NFC West? Okay, so that's Seattle, Seattle, Arizona, Arizona, LA, and San Fran. I would say they're weaker. I think LA is easily at the top. I think San San Francisco is decent, but Seattle and Arizona are not very good. So that's at best a two team league. And I think with the NFC East, do you think or, there's two teams in the NFC East? I would say you have the Eagles, and then I would say the Redskins are certainly better than they were last year. I think Alex Smith, uh, he did well week one. He kind of struggled in week two, uh, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit. 
Um, Cowboys, I'm not going to try and be a homer with them, but you don't know what to expect with them. They looked really bad against Carolina. They looked pretty good um, against New York. And granted, I don't think New York's very good. I think they're going to be at, in the dumpster of the NFC East. But I think the Cowboys look decent against them. I think the Cowboys' defense certainly is good enough to get them into the wild card. Um, it's just a matter as if Dak can perform well enough to you know keep allow the defense to keep them in the game. Yeah, I I don't know. I okay, moving on. Okay, <laughs> we'll move on. I don't I don't see the Cowboys make the playoffs this year, especially with all the teams in the NFC. You know, North and I don't playing. necessarily think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs either. Um, but I would still say the NFC East is stronger than the I think, NFC West. I think three of the four NFC North teams are going to be in the playoffs this year. Well, see, now you're just changing the discussion. We were talking about what was going to be the weakest division okay, in football. Okay, now we're talking about the strongest NFC North. Okay, whatever. Moving on. Um, before we move on from the Bucks, do you think that there could be a quarterback controversy looming? Oh, absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. Uh, there's no way there's not. So did you see what Deshaun uh, Jackson said? I did not, know. So they asked him about it, and he was like, look, you play whoever's got the hot hand right now. He was like, you keep Ryan, you keep Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game until yeah. he slows up. Even if Jameis Winston's healthy, Ryan Fitzpatrick is throwing for at least 400 yards a game. You've got to keep him in the game. And so he, sh- he certainly has Deshaun Jackson support, uh, which is interesting. But, yeah, I, I think there is a quarterback controversy, especially if because I believe Jameis Winston's suspension was three games. So he's got one more game left to serve on his suspension. So if Ryan Fitzpatrick goes out there week three and he does exactly what he's done the first two weeks... He's not coming out. Yeah, why would you? If you're the Tampa Bay coaching staff, why would you take out a guy who's led you to 3-0, and including one of the wins was against the defending world champs? You just, you just don't do that. So things I think are about to get interesting there in Tampa Bay. I'm interested to follow that story and see what happens there. Let's move on real quickly. I just want to talk about briefly about the Chiefs. Uh, their offense was just too much for the Steelers to handle. They won 42-37. to Patrick Mahomes, man, that dude is, he's something else. He, uh, he threw for 23 of 28, 326 yards, with six touchdowns and no interceptions. So that brings his total touchdown uh, to 10 touchdowns on the year. Uh, 10 touchdowns within the first two games, uh, which is pretty historic. Ben Roethlisberger, he throws for 50 or 60 times a game. He was 39 of 60, 452 yards, three touchdowns. And now there's more drama in Pittsburgh. First, it's, of course, the Le'Veon Bell stuff that's going on. He's not reporting. They've had to play without him. He's got his own teammates mad at him. And now you have all this stuff with Antonio Brown. He was really upset in the game on Sunday. He was yelling at people on the sidelines. And then, uh, Trent, I know I showed you this at lunch, but uh, you had the fan had there was a fan tweeting Antonio Brown basically saying that he owes his career to Ben Roethlisberger and if he wouldn't have been drafted by a team that had Big Ben as quarterback he wouldn't be nearly the receiver that he is today and Antonio Brown responded very short he said just trade me and we'll find out and he said I can go anywhere and still be an elite receiver and so and I saw some updates on it today apparently Mike Tomlin had spoke to the media and he said that there's obviously been no talks about trading Antonio Brown, but he is planning on meeting with Antonio Brown, talking about his social media usage and trying to get that under control. Yeah, it's 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 a cancer. The so, it, social media is is dangerous. I know. I, my my high school. I found out uh, my cousin's boyfriend's on the football team, and the coach told him told the whole football team to go dark on yeah. social media all all season long, which um. 
when I was in high school, that wasn't a thing. I was looking to other teams' social media, trying to figure out uh-huh. who their girlfriends were, who their moms were. So you could just so trash I could trash talk. Trash yeah, exactly. Talk. So I mean, all especially when you're a professional athlete, the only thing that you can do is just feel fire. I mean, there, I mean, you you're can, trying to get under the other guy's skin. Yeah, and that's that's really that's really all there is. The only reason to have a social media when you're an athlete is people will take everything you say the wrong way. Exactly. And that's just, that's just what's going to happen. I don't think he wants to get traded. I think no. he likes being in Pittsburgh. But I think he was just responding to a salty fan. And I probably would have said the same thing Exactly. About but you, you can't say stuff like that, especially when you're your best wide receiver. In yeah, it's, I agree. It is very toxic. And that's why you see some of these you know, elite athletes Come playoff times, they talk about they shut down all their social media. They don't get on it at all. I know mm-hmm. the biggest example is you hear every year LeBron, whenever it comes playoff time, he gets off all social media. He doesn't check it at all because he just wants to focus on the matter at hand, which I think is very smart. I wish you know more athletes. I say that I wish more athletes would take that approach, but I also, as far as the entertainment aspect of it, I love when you know athletes are responding to fans in these savage ways or they're even trash-talking each other. I always yeah. get a kick out of that. Um, but it is definitely toxic. Trent, let's move on to your Vikings. No. We got to talk about it. <laughs> we got to talk about it. it just, just to reiterate the fact that the ability to tie an NFL game is absolutely idiotic. And despite all these rule changes that they have in this league that are confusing everybody, they don't change the easiest rule of all, which is to not allow ties because we had yet another tie. We had the Vikings. They tied the Packers 29-29. to the Vikings were, when I, you know, I wrote this in the notes, and you can read it too, Trent. I said Vikings were a kicker away from winning this game. I didn't say a good kicker. I just said a kicker because, theoretically, any kicker should be able to do enough to win that football game. Uh, Daniel, Daniel Carson, he was 0 for 3 on field goals, including missing that 35-yard field goal at the end of overtime, uh, which would have won the game. I will say, Trent, a highlight from this game, and you can talk as much about this as you want. Kirk Cousins proves he's worth the $84 million y'all gave him. Um, He was absolutely lights out in that game, 35 of 48, 425 yards, four touchdowns. On the stat line, it says an interception, but I'm not counting that interception because it's right off the hands of Laquan Treadwell. It shouldn't have been a pick at all, but it was. So I'm not not crediting him with that pick at all. Uh, you had Diggs and Thielen. They combined for 259 yards and three touchdowns, which is just outstanding. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was 30 for 42, 281 yards and a touchdown. And then to talk a little bit more about the kicker, Carson was released. And then the Vikings signed the second most accurate kicker in NFL history, former Cowboy Dan the Money Man Bailey. They signed him to a one-year, $2 million contract. Trent, thoughts on – well, first, thoughts on the game. Um. I don't know, Andrew. Um, it was disappointing as 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 a fan because you always like Kirk Cousins was brought in to beat Green Bay. People say he was brought in to win Super Bowls, which that might be true, but he was brought in to beat Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers twice a year, and he did. He flat out outplayed everyone on that field, and then we just had a kicker that I I, I hate saying we, so I'm never gonna do that again. The Vikings had a kicker <laughs> that couldn't kick. A dadgum field goal. Granted, the two that he missed were 48-49 during the game, which that's a little understandable. But we're as we're listening to the broadcast, I forget who was broadcasting. He said, "Pro football kickers don't miss two field goals in a row." Exactly. 
and he missed two field goals in a row, and then he, he reiterated it in the overtime period and said, pro football kickers don't miss two in a row. Let's see what happens here. And he shanked a 35-yarder that would have beaten Aaron Rodgers, which he Aaron Rodgers, he's a great player, but he was severely outplayed by his counterpart. He was. Severely. I mean, just looking at the stats, he was. I mean, yeah. Kirk Cousins had 150 more passing yards. He had... Three more touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers absolutely outplayed him. I think I think this was probably one of the top five most frustrating games for me to watch as a Viking fan since I've been a Viking fan. Okay, um, that's saying a lot. Yeah, it's it was just so frustrating because they they pulled off the comeback. Granted, that Adam Thielen catch. I, I still don't know how he caught that. Oh my gosh! But there could be an argument made for that never being able to happen. Which because the Clay Matthews, which that's what's every, that, that's what everyone is talking about is that. But the the problem with that is the same thing. Thank you. Happened ten minutes before against the Vikings, and they knew it was a bad call, so they had it to call it. It was Harrison Smith, was it? No, it no. was um um. No, it was one of the D line men. Really long hair. Yeah, uh, I remember I, that. I I forget forget the name, but it was just. Uh, I'll I'll admit it was a bad call, but you got to call both ways. So, like, if that wasn't called, I think I would have been a little upset. Um, well, obviously, I would have been upset they would have lost. But, um, yeah, I, I just think I, I don't know what how to tackle a quarterback anymore. You just yeah. too and touch. The, the weirdest thing about it is that the NFL doubled down on it. Like, they issued a statement after the game saying that it was the right call and that that's what the ref should continue to call. Well, that's I like that because it's the NFL backing the refs because the last thing you want is the NBA that's type true. thing. Is you want you want you want what's, what's the uh, the NFL solidarity. Solidarity, thank you. You want the NFL to back the referees no matter what. They're going to make bad calls. It's human, and we're going to hate them for it. But it's just it's just what happens. Yeah. But when you see in the you see in the NBA when a ref makes a bad call or whatever, and then everyone just blows up, and Adam Silver does nothing about it. And I think that's terrible for like I think the referees and okay, not going to get into this, but the NBA refs should go on strike. Um. Anyways, uh, Vikings tie the Packers, twenty nine twenty nine. Um. Thoughts on thoughts on the Dan Bailey signing because that happened as of today. Um, it'll be okay. Um, it'll be better than this Carson kid. Which uh, did you watch the press conference that Mike Zimmer did when they announced the release of Daniel Carson? Yeah, I love that guy. I really do. He, he was. I mean, he I was, think it was hilarious, but he was such an a hole about it. I, well, which I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah. you just <laughs> never see that in the sport. Did you know? Did you see the game? Yeah. <laughs> and they asked, "Was it a tough decision?" He goes, "No." It's pretty easy. Yeah, he's moved on. I thought it was so funny. Well, it, it was it was very different than his post game, his post game uh, press conference. They asked him about it, and he said, "Well, it's too early to tell yet." But which I think we'll is smart. Yeah, I think that's yeah. smart too, because you can't just fireball a kid right after a game like that. That's true. Which I mean, I know everyone in the world was doing it. Yeah. But you're you're the head coach. He's wearing the same jersey as you. You got to stick up for him. But now that he's not wearing the same jersey, you can say whatever the heck you want. So let's move on to some other kicking issues we had in the NFL on Sunday. You had the Browns taking on the Saints, and what I writ- what I wrote down was the Browns losing away only the Browns could. Uh, they lost twenty one to eighteen to the Saints. Their kicker missed an extra point to win the game, and the Saints come back and kick a field goal. So um, 
Tarah Taylor threw this amazing touchdown pass uh, to Antonio Callaway to tie the game. Uh, they were, I believe, the Saints were up 18 to 12. So he throws this beautiful touchdown pass towards the end of the fourth quarter. Go, it's tied 18-18. All they need is an extra point to put them up one and potentially win the game, and he misses it. And then New Orleans Saints get the ball back. Of course, Drew Brees does what Drew Brees does. He drives down, gets in field goal range. Their kicker makes the field goal. And they win 21 to 18. Uh, the Browns also released their kicker, Zane Gonzalez. He was the one who missed that, uh, that extra point. And they signed Greg Joseph to replace him. So uh, Vikings signed Dan Bailey to replace their bad kicker. And then the Browns uh, signed uh, Greg jo- Joseph excuse me, to replace their bad kicker. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Jaguars, they beat the Patriots without Leonard Fournette. Uh, they beat them 31-20. Blake Bortles actually outdid Tom Brady in this game. He threw for 377 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Tom Brady threw for just 234 yards and a couple touchdowns. Uh, I I've, I need to go back and look and see who I predicted, but, you know, and granted when we made our predictions, we weren't sure if Leonard Fournette was going to play this game, and then he was out. And, you know, when I heard Fournette was I was like, well, I think the Patriots are going to win because he's such a integral part to that offense, you know, that he was the number four pick that they used on him. And then Blake Broyles goes out, and he just shines. He throws for... Th- what did I say? He threw for 377 yards and four touchdowns, and he was able to outdo Tom Brady and the Patriots. Were you sh- were you surprised by this? Did you expect the Patriots to win? Yeah, I, you always expect the Patriots to win until they lose. Um, I would pick That's them to fair. go 17 or 16 and 0 every year, but they never do. Um, and when they do, they lose in the Super Bowl. But anyways, um, yeah, obviously the Patriots I thought were the were the favorite going in, but. Um, I guess you can't discount the Jaguars. That's true. And their defense is just so good. Uh, yeah, and that's another thing. Brady was throwing against Jacksonville. top three defenses in yeah, the league. Yeah, their defense is unbelievable. So you gotta you got to give credit where credit is due. Uh, let's move on to not nearly as good of a defense, but I think is a pretty good defense. We'll move on to the Cowboys game. It was Sunday night football. Uh, the Cowboys defense had a field day against the Giants O-line. Uh, the Cowboys, they won 20-13. to which really you could have made a case it was going to be 20-3 to three, uh, for most of the game, and then the defense had a blown coverage in the end of the fourth quarter, gave up a touchdown 20-10, to 10, and then weird onside kick, Giants recover, they kicked a field goal 20-13. to 13. But it was 20-3 to three for a good portion of the game. The defense, they recorded six sacks, and this is what I thought was interesting, Trent. Each sack was by a different player. No one player had two. You had six different defensive players record a sack against Eli Manning, which I thought was very impressive. Dak was, uh, he was 16 of 25, 160 yards and a touchdown. Zeke, he rushed for 78 yards and a touchdown. And Trent, I want to hear your thoughts, but I'll share mine first since this is my beloved Dallas Cowboys. I think this was the type of game the Cowboys fans should expect moving forward. I think this is the formula for success with the, ty- with the roster that we have. I think that Dak was good enough. I think if he can throw for a touchdown. Um, he got to run a little bit more, which I think he had 45 rushing yards, which was pretty good for him. And so I thought that was nice. And I think the biggest thing with him is he didn't turn the ball over. He didn't throw any interceptions. So I think if Dak can be that kind of quarterback who's not going to have a big stat day, but he's not going to turn the ball over, Zeke's going to have a decent day, and you're just going to – and if you watched if you watched the game, Zeke got better as the game wore on. The offensive line eventually wore out – the Giants defense, and then he was able to get bigger and bigger holes. And so if you, you're going to expect that. And then I think this, is, this isn't something the Cowboys fans are used to, but I think the defense is going to keep you in a lot of games. I think this defense is legit. 
I think they have a lot of really, really young guys. I think the defensive line is awesome. I think their secondary is young. I mean, Odell Beckham was practically shut down that entire game, and it was a lot of man coverage against um, our cornerbacks. And and I, there I said our cornerbacks, which I know you hate, against the Cowboys cornerbacks. And one thing I thought was interesting is that you see a lot of these teams, when they go up against these elite receivers like Odell or Julio Jones or Antonio Brown, they pick their best cornerback, and then he follows him throughout the game. The Cowboys decided they aren't going to do that, so they had Byron Jones covering him when he was on his side. They had Cheeto Ouzier cover him when he was on his side. And then if he was in the slot, they had their slot corner come down and cover him. They weren't having one corner designated to him, which I thought was interesting, but it certainly worked for them. Um, they definitely, I think one of the things that allowed the Demons to be so dominant in this game was the blitzing. Uh, they were just blitzing over and over and over again, and they were putting so much pressure on Eli and I'm not a huge fan of Eli Manning. I don't think he's a very good quarterback, but I know one of his flaws is when he gets a lot of pressure, he doesn't make it. He, nothing happens. He just gets so flustered, and he gets sacked a lot, and he fumbles, and this and that and the other thing. Uh, besides the stuff that I said, Trent, did you have any other thoughts on this Cowboys game? Were you impressed by them? I was in, impressed by their defensive line. Um, as you said, six different six different players got to Eli Manning. That just means that they absolutely outplayed their old line. Yeah, and you say um, OBJ was shut down. I don't think he was shut down. I I just think that Eli didn't have enough time to get him the ball. Like, okay, you you see that a lot is the quarterback panics and he doesn't have time for the routes to develop, and then they don't get the ball. So I I I didn't see anything that would make me think that. Odell Beckham was shut down necessarily. I will because, say because normally when a receiver gets shut down, that means somebody else is doing something, like a okay. different receiver, and that didn't happen. There wasn't another receiver that really did anything because the Cowboys didn't allow Eli Manning to have that kind of time to do something. I so. will I will say um, in response to that that I think you know one of the things that makes Odell so dominant is his yards after the catch, his ability to make people miss after he's caught the ball. And so he did run quite a bit of quick slants, and there were, you know, the passes he caught, he was tackled immediately. And yeah. so I think that does, you know, I, that deserves some praise to the Cowboys secondary that they were able to keep him in the middle of the field, and whenever he caught the ball, they got him down immediately. Um, they didn't allow him to get those 10, 20, 30 yards leads to a touchdown after the catch. So I did want to say that. Um, but I did think definitely more impressive than the Carolina game. They definitely improved a lot, especially the offense. Interested to see how they perform week three against Seattle. Uh, speaking of Seattle, let's move on to the last game we want to talk about from week two. You had uh, Russell, one-man show, Wilson. Couldn't do enough against the Bears defense. Uh, they fell to the Bears just last night. Wilson was uh, 22 of 36, 226 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Mitch Trubisky on the other side was 25 of 34, 200 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Trent... I want to hear your thoughts because you're a big Russell Wilson fan. I am too. I think he's an awesome player. I don't think the Seahawks are going to be very good this year. No, they won't be. I think their poor O-line, which they've dealt with for a few years, combined with the depleted defense, they still have some good players. They still have Earl Thomas, but they lost a lot of their key uh, defensive players on defense. Um, and then their lack of weapons for Russell Wilson. You know, their best receiver, Doug Baldwin, went down. So now it's pretty much – and they lost Jimmy Graham in the offseason. So now it's pretty much just Tyler Lockett. Uh, and then Russell Wilson. So I don't nice. think, yeah, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I think they're they're going to be fighting with Arizona for the bottom of that division. Yeah, uh, I, that's kind of my thoughts. 
so that's it for week two. Trent, was there anything else you want to talk about week two before we move on to fun prediction time? No, NFL needs to figure out how to not tie. Thank you. That's it. Please, like, just watch. If you really want to make it simple, just watch college. Do it how they do it. Make it the same. Say what you will about college overtime, but at least they don't end in ties. That's all I want. Just pick a winner or a loser. So this is making the call, so we're going to do what we started to do last week. We're going to do some predictions for week three. Um, So we're just going to start with the games. Uh, We'll start with the Thursday night game. Then we'll just go down all the Sunday games leading to Sunday night and then Monday night football. So all the games for this weekend. Uh, Just to update our listeners, I think it'll be fun if we let our listeners know after every week which one of us did better as far as predictions go. Neither of us did that well. I was 9 for 16 on guessing right or predicting right. You were 6 for 16, so I beat you by a few games. Um, But neither of us did any were that outstanding. Hopefully we'll do better as the season goes on. So... Uh, We'll see which one of us does better as far as predictions go uh, for week three. So first game, Jets at the Browns Thursday night. Trent, who do you have in this game? I get the the Jets. I don't believe in the Browns yet. Okay, well, I'm a Browns believer for this game. I I think the Jets looked really bad in week two. So I'm going to pick the Browns to win this one. So this will be start off the bat with a disagreement. That'll be awesome. So Thursday night, I pick the Browns. Trent, you got the Jets. Move on to Sunday, Saints at Falcons. Who do you have? I have the Falcons. I really liked how they looked against uh, Carolina, and the Saints really, really struggled against the Browns, which made no sense to me because their offense was just absolutely on point in week one against Tampa, even though they lost. But they, they just couldn't get it together against the Browns, which is, which is kind of weird to me. So yeah. I, I, I'm, in, I'm taking the Falcons. Okay, I'm going to take the Falcons as well. I thought they looked really good against Carolina. Um, I think... They're they're one of the teams to beat in the NFC. I think they're a very good football team, so I'm going to pick them to win this game as well. Uh, Packers at Redskins. I'm going to pick the Packers to win this one. What about you? Yeah. Okay. That was quick and easy. Uh, Colts. I'm at, cheering for the Redskins. I'm cheering for the... Mm, I'm cheering for the Redskins. I'm cheering for a tie. No, don't do it because it'll happen. I'm, che- <laughs> I'm cheering for a tie, but I think the Packers are going to win. Uh, Colts at Eagles. I'm going to pick the Eagles in this one. What about you? I, I think so, too. I think Carson Wentz will come back and really outshine. I do, too. I do, too. I think else. I think Carson Wentz is definitely going to have a good game in his first game back. Bills at Vikings. I think the Vikings right now are like 16.5-point favorites, which is just crazy. So I'm going to pick the Vikings win this yeah, one. Vikings by 30. Vikings by 30. I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's crazy at all, honestly. Uh, Raiders at Dolphins. You have the 0-2 Raiders versus the 2-0 Dolphins, which I think both of those records are a bit surprising. Uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. What about you? I'm going to take the Raiders for sake of argument. All righty, sake of argument. I like that. Uh, Broncos at Ravens. I've got the Ravens. I got the Broncos. Perfect. I Lots did, of disagreement. I didn't, I didn't pick Case Keaton last week. And and he got mad at you. And he got mad and said, I'm still a quarterback. So okay. Well, Case there Keaton. you go. Pick pick Case Keenum this week. I'll stick with the Ravens. Bengals at Panthers. I've got the Panthers in this one. What about you? Yeah, I do too. I, I really like how Cam Newton's playing right now. He's play, he's playing pretty good. He is, yeah. And they've got Christian McCaffrey, who's just an awesome weapon, both out of the backfield and receiving. So I think the Panthers are going to win this one. I don't think it'll be you know a blowout, but I think they'll win by at least two scores, at least 10 points. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, Giants at Texans. This is the only 0-2 versus 0-2 matchup of the week. Both teams haven't won a single game. One of these teams will no longer be winless after Sunday. 
I'm going to go with the Texans. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm taking the Texans as well. Um, I think that giant O-line is the worst in the league right I think J.J. Watt's going to have a field day against yeah, the O-line. I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't think the Giants are going to be very good this year. I think they'll get another top five pick, and I think they'll get a quarterback instead of a lineman. Who knows? Maybe they'll draft another running back. Nope, they won't do that. <laughs> they got their running back situation figured we'll out. We'll see. Uh, next, we have Titans at the Jaguars. I'm going to take the Jaguars in this one. As am I. Okay. They Moving on. Patriots. They look good. Yeah, they look really good, especially without Leonard Fournette, and I think they're supposed to get him back here in week three. 49ers at Chiefs is the next one. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is lights out. I'm going to pick on. I'm going to pick them to win until they lose. Yeah, he's got to come back down to earth sometime, right? But I, I don't think it'll be this week. I got the Chiefs too. Alrighty, then we got the Chargers at the Rams. I think the Chargers are a very good team, but I am going to take the Rams in this one. I think the Rams are, they're just so stacked offensively and defensively. They're it, a very good team. It, it's going to be really close. It's it will. going to be closer than a lot of people think, but I think it's the Rams battle are, of LA right yeah, there. I think the Rams are going to come through. I do too. I think I think what's going to happen is the first half is going to be very close, and then the Rams offense is just going to wear them out in the second half, and they're going to end up winning. Uh, next, we got the Cowboys versus the Seahawks. Cowboys 1-1 versus Seahawks 0-2. I'm going to pick the Cowboys in this one. It depends on which Cowboy defense shows up. If they're blitzing all the time, i got the Cowboys. Which I think they will because yeah. the offensive line situation they, is just as bad in Seattle as it is in New York. If they just sit back and let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson, there's no chance they win this game. I think it'll but, definitely be a better game than the New York game, but I do yeah. see the Cowboys I winning. Think, I think the Cowboys will win this game too. Okay, and then Bears at Cardinals. That Bears defense is something else. They're young. They're hungry. Khalil Mack is proven week in and week out that the Raiders made a mistake trading him away. I think the Bears are going to win this one. What about you? Yeah, the, I think the Bears are going to win the wild card this year. I do too. Um, I don't think they're going to win the division. I think that's – I'm going to pick Minnesota to win the division. I think Bears are going to get the wild card, though, oh, along thanks. with Green Bay. Thanks. Yeah, Cowboys missed the playoffs. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and then Patriots at Lions. I'm going to pick the Pats in this one. Yep, me too. they got to bounce back. They did not play too well. I guess and then Jackson. finally, the full of drama, the not able to predict Steelers are traveling Tampa Bay to take on Fitzmagic and his Conor McGregor type style. I'm going to take the Bucks in this one. I am too because uh, Big Ben sucks on the road. So There you go. So there's, there's you our You heard picks. it here eighth. <laughs> you heard it here ninth too. Big Ben sucks on the road. Alrighty, there's our picks. We'll see who comes out on top for week three. Right now I won week two. We'll see if you can bounce back in week three or if I'm going to take a commanding 2-0 lead. You're going to rub it in. I beat you in fantasy. Yeah, but we'll see. I Okay, we're not going to talk about fantasy. That week one, we're just not going to talk about it. Well, guys and girls, if there's any of you out there listening, I think that does it for another episode of Making the Call. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, really appreciate all the listeners we have out there. We'll be back here next week to recap uh, week, th- week three and recap all the action that we had uh, coming up this weekend for the NFL games. And as always, we'll see you the next time the call comes in.